With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome again, everyone, to another edition of the Underdog Podcast, where we talk G5 football and only G5 football. Again, we're here for a fun belt edition. Adam Luckett, as always, here as the host. And I'm joined today as uh, our normal guest, Aikman Chambers. Aikman, how you doing, man? I am doing good. Adam, ready to talk a little uh, fun belt football. Uh, we had a crazy week this past week. I had some pretty close games, uh, some very intriguing matchups, and it looks like we're set up for some more good games this week. Yes, it'll be our second week in a row. We'll get some hump day football Wednesday night. ESPN will be in town as the Troy Trojans host the South Alabama Jags for the battle for the belt. Of course, last weekend, both these two teams were off as they got ready for the short week uh, for this Wednesday night game. It'll be a chance to showcase both of their programs. Of course, Troy enters this one at 4-1 and and starting to get some – or has been getting national recognition um, ever since they upset LSU in Tiger Stadium. Meanwhile, South Alabama is trending in the other direction. They're sitting there at 1-4, 0-1 in the conference – and if they if the likely loss here really probably turns up some heat on Joey Jones. Yeah, it does. And I I don't see much chance that South Alabama wins this game. I'm going to be honest with you. I think Troy this year is just head and shoulders above the Jags uh, this year. I, I, I honestly don't think this game's going to be very close. I'm actually I'm riding the other way. I think it is going to be close. I think for the last – week and a half, all we heard about is Troy, Troy, Troy. Neil Brown's gone on every big-time radio show you could think of. Meanwhile, South Alabama played well um, under their new offensive coordinator against Louisiana Tech and was really in that ball game until the fourth quarter when the Bulldogs pulled away there in Ruston. This is a game ever since the, the first season these two teams played. Uh, Troy, I believe, won 31-10, to 10, but every other game other than that has been really, really close and and South Alabama has won twice, including winning the last time this game was there at Veterans Memorial Stadium in Neil Brown's first year. So I, I'm, I think it's going to be actually a pretty good football game. Um, I think Troy is going to win, pull away late, probably win by something by 10. But I think South Alabama is going to be in it um, all the way. Well, the spread is 16 and a half, so I'm, defi- I'm definitely leaning that you feel like you, you like the Jags as far as spread-wise in this game. Yes, absolutely. I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they jumped out to an early lead. If you remember last year, they had a big first-half first lead on Troy, and then I believe Troy had two fourth-quarter touchdowns to really come back late and win it there in Mobile. Of course, it's two different teams than last year. And, of course, South Alabama's struggling right now, but they have the talent, and if they can just put it together, I really think they can challenge the Trojans. 
Well, it's possible because there's always that chance that Troy comes out. You know, they're riding high off the big win in Baton Rouge a couple of weeks ago, uh, still thinking about that with that on their mind. I mean, there's a chance that they come out too overconfident here and they come out a little bit flat, and South Alabama takes advantage of that. But I just – I like Troy, and uh, I, I'm kind of different, leaning a different way than you are. We're kind of opposite on this game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. It's it's a big spot for Joey Jones. His team has to play well. If they go out there and get blasted by their in-state rival, a, a program that they really compare themselves to, that's not looking good for him. And it, I think if they don't play well here, the, the, the season could really bottom out for the Jags. Yeah, I think uh, this is one of those games that he doesn't have to necessarily win for his job to still to for him to lose his job I mean I think if he keeps it respectively close and just you know battles in there with Troy I think he's still okay but if he goes out there and gets slacked by you know 30 40 points and that's when you're going to have to start sit back and think okay wait a minute is this the time that they go ahead and and let him go I agree 100 percent and of course this trophy that they have the belt kind of like a WWF championship belt um, it's one of the better trophies in college football. And uh, for the second night in a row, the Sun Belt will have that Wednesday night ESPN slot all to themselves. So hopefully the league can put on a good showing and uh, Troy and South Alabama can give us a good game. Well, I'm, I'm really hoping so. I know this game's on ESPN2 instead of ESPNU, so I believe this mm-hmm. game is going to be more watchable to more people because I know sometimes you have to pay a little extra to get ESPNU. Yeah, it's going to be anybody that has a standard cable package. You're going to have that ESPN2 included, and everybody's going to get to watch it. And then people that are just football junkies are going to watch it in general just because it's the only game on. So, And then, of course, when you've got the this Troy news pump we've been getting lately, they've been really out and about. He's been on ESPN Sports Center, all that type of stuff. When people see that it's Troy, they're going to be like, oh, that's the team that just beat LSU. And so more people are going to be watching this game. So I think it could be it can be a good sign for the league if they can put on a good showing on Wednesday night. Oh, I, I hope they do. I mean, you know, if this Troy team comes out and they, you know, they throw 40 plus points on the board, people's going to look and think, man, this team is the real deal. Sadly, I wish we had that Sunbelt Championship game this year, or at least we had Troy and Appalachian State playing each other, because that's a game I think you could easily put on ESPN too. Absolutely. That championship game's not far away, Aikman. But we don't have just one weekday game. We also have another one on Thursday. And crazy to believe that there's only one Thursday night college game this week, but the one taking place will be happening in a Cajun field in Lafayette. The Cajuns will be hosting the Texas State Bobcats. Texas State's a squad that's really struggling. And Louisiana Lafayette's coming off a huge road win at Idaho. Uh, this one could possibly get ugly, and I think I could see the Cajuns rolling here. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, even though uh, Louisiana Lafayette is giving up like 46 points a game, I don't think Texas State has as good of an offense to light up the scoreboard as uh, as some of these other teams that the Cajuns have played. So I like Louisiana Lafayette here. The spread is 14, and I think I'll roll uh, with the Cajuns on that 14. Yeah, I like the home favorite as well. Texas State is just really, really struggling. They've got to travel um, a decent way to, I guess not too far, to Lafayette, but it's on a short week. They Their offense is kind of laboring right now. 
really more their defense on their offense. Their offense scored points last week against ULM, but their defense just could not get any stops. And their defense is going to have a tough, tough challenge trying to stop this uh, UL Lafayette at high-potent offensive attack. He's putting up some really, really solid numbers this season. And they are. I mean, 37 points a game. Texas State's defense gives up 33.7 points uh, per game. And the only reason that number is not higher is because they managed to hold Appalachian State to only 20 points while everybody else has scored almost you know, over 40 points on this team this year. Colorado fell just short of 40, but it, that number would be a lot higher if it wasn't for holding Appalachian State to just 20 points. But And then, you know, with what Texas State gives up, what Louisiana Lafayette puts together, I I just think that the Cajuns are going to roll and roll big. I, I expect this game to possibly be out of reach by halftime. I agree with you. I think it's going to get ugly, and it looks like Everett Withers is going to fall to 3-16 and 16 since taking over this Texas State program. And now that we got to ask the question, does he break this conference losing streak? Of course, they lost. They went winless 0-8 last year in the Sun Belt. And when you look at their schedule, they've got to buy next week, and then they travel to Coastal Carolina. That me, that if they don't win it there, then they get Georgia State at home and New Mexico State at home in back-to-back weeks, November 4th and November 11th. So that's a three-game stretch right there that, they really, they really, 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 really need to get that conference win. It's, they got to break that bad losing streak. I mean, they have right now. it's got to happen eventually. I mean, I'm, I've been saying this for Coastal Carolina too the past few weeks. It's got to happen eventually. I mean, and it may come down to when these two teams, you know, play each other for either one of them to pick up that much-needed Sun Belt win. I mean, but I don't think it's going to happen this week against the Cajuns for the Bobcats. It's I think it's a little far-fetched. I mean, you know, there's always that wild chance, but I I just don't see it happening. I think Louisiana Lafayette's got too much offense. Uh, I think uh, – I think, and I look for Jordan Davis to have a big night. Uh, Trey Raggis could have a uh, – a good night on the grounds uh, as well for the Cajuns. So I'm all in on the Cajuns on this game. I like the 14. I mean, I, just everything. I bet the house on the Cajuns here. I agree with you on that. And Texas State hasn't won an FBS game since they put off a monster upset at Ohio and Withers' first ever game. So they've really got some bad streaks that they're on the wrong end of. They need to fix that sooner rather than later. But we'll move on to the Saturday action. We actually don't have games that occur until the evening, 5 p.m. Eastern slot. We'll talk about uh, the Appalachian State goes to Idaho. Aikman, just for a second, if you could talk about that uh, nice win the Mountaineers pulled off at home over the New Mexico State Aggies. Well, I'll tell you what, I I was there as always, and I wasn't so sure that we were going to walk out with a win on Saturday. I'm going to be quite honest with you because Appalachian sleepwalked through three quarters of that game, I mean, at the end of the third quarter, the score uh, was all knotted up, was uh, all uh, right there together at seventeen uh, seventeen at the end of the third quarter, and then all of a sudden, you know, it, it all of a sudden Appalachian come out of nowhere, scored twenty eight unanswered against the Aggies uh, in the fourth quarter, and can I say hallelujah for Jalen Moore? Finally, you know, we've wondered where has this kid been through the first, you know five games of this season, and all of a sudden he shows up 19 carries, 241 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Taylor Lamb did not have a good game. He had his worst game of the year. Jalen Moore had his best game. Thomas Hennigan continues 
to fill that void of Shaden Metters and Darrington Evans who are still sidelined with injuries at receiver. And uh, the app defense gave up a lot of points, which is not usually a common theme when they're playing G5 opponents. The only time Appalachian really gives up over 30 points is when they're playing a Power 5 school. So that was a little bit uncommon, but... Clifton Duck and Tay Hayes combined for all six of the interceptions, three apiece, against Tyler Rogers. I mean, any time a team throws six interceptions, you should beat that team. Getting those three inter- or those six interceptions was huge. I think that was the turning point in the game. Of course, they had that big fourth quarter. Um, like Taylor Lamb kind of struggled, so it was good to see that rushing game going. And uh, for New Mexico State, or excuse me, for Appalachian State, before we move on to the Aggies. It's schedule's really setting up now. That was a really, really big test for them, and I wrote about that in the, my Three Things article that I do weekly. It comes out on Sunday or Monday where I pretty much just bring up the three things, that the three big you know, talking points from the past weekend. One was App State passing that test. That that was, the, on paper, that was going to be their biggest challenge in the Sun Belt this season. And now when you look at the rest of their schedule – it's really setting up well for them to run the table and finish the regular season at 10-2. and two. It is. I mean, I think, you know, it, this is set up right because there's no Arkansas State and there's no Troy. Now, Louisiana Monroe, they, they're 3-0 and in the conference. All three of their wins have come in conference play. Now, albeit they've done it, I get two out of the three that they've done it against are the two, you know, cellar dwellers, so to speak, in this conference in Coastal Carolina and Texas State. Uh, beating Louisiana Lafayette was a huge win for this team. I mean, I believe that Louisiana Monroe, and we'll talk about this in a little bit when they play uh, Georgia State, are set up to go 4-0 in the conference this week. Uh, so, I mean, they've been a surprise team. But I think, you know, in all honesty, we're looking at coming down to when the Mountaineers uh, take on uh, Monroe uh, down on November the 4th here in about a month when they travel to take on Monroe, that might be their uh, their only other test on this slate. Absolutely, but but the numbers, you know, when you look at them, they're going to be at least a touchdown favorite in each of those games, so you got to like where the Mountaineers stand. But moving over to Las Cruces, New Mexico State has started the season well, but they're still sitting there at two and four. Now their schedule gets a lot, a lot, a lot easier. Um, outside of the Arkansas State home game on October 28th, they're probably going to be favorite in all their games to close out the season. And they go to Georgia Southern this weekend. Now that's going to be their seventh straight game. They still haven't had a bye on the season, so they got a little bit of tired legs. But Georgia Southern's looking like you know maybe the worst team in the FBS this season. Um, the Aggies really need to take care of business um, there. It's going to be a 6 o'clock kickoff in Statesboro. I'm really looking forward uh, to this here and and wondering, first I want to say this, you know, when you look at the, at the Aggies, I want to say this. I was, I mean, Larry Rose, we all know what he could do, but Saturday against Appalachian State, I was really impressed with Jason Huntley, and I think this is a kid, that kid can fly. This kid is super fast, and I think this kid, again, may have a big day against Georgia Southern because, as we all know, Georgia Southern looked a little bit better against Arkansas State last week, but I think New, New Mexico State may, I mean, I know they're a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, but I think they could easily win this game by 10-plus. That Jason Huntley is, he's a really dynamic player, a sophomore. He's averaging over nine yards per carry. Um, but he's also using the passing game a little bit um, as he's pulled in 14 receptions for 224 yards at 16 yards a catch. Um, he's combined to score three touchdowns on the season. He's 
going to be an awesome player in the future for this program. He's going to be that building block for Doug Martin's team as soon as Rose and Tyler Rogers leave after this season. So he's somebody definitely watch out. And for Georgia Southern, they played last Wednesday and got uh, lost by double digits, but I thought it was closer than the, really the score said. Georgia Southern really moved the ball, and their defense played well other than giving up big plays in the passing game to the Red Wolves. They forced turnovers, but they also gave up the ball, and that's really what set their offense back. I think Shea Wertz, the quarterback, is getting better as the season moves on, but it's really just self-inflicted wounds for the Eagles. They really just can't get out of their own way right now. Um, but Tyson Summers, they are showing improvement, but eventually they're going to start having to get collect some victories. And if they can't get one this week, then they have back-to-back road games at UMass and at Troy, which figure to be tough challenges. It does. I mean, you know, it's not going to get any easier for the Eagles. I mean, when your quarterback is your leader in passing and rushing yards, when you run an option-style offense and your quarterback has more rushing yards than any of your plethora of running backs they have to throw at you, number one, that shows me something right there, that they're lacking production in a very key spot in their offense because their offense is built around the run. I mean, they don't pass the ball a lot. Wirtz is through more interceptions than he has touchdowns. He's had his struggles. And the New Mexico State defense is suspect to giving up big plays. I mean, they give up 32 points a game. They score 30 to give up 32. Georgia Southern's defense, though, gives up almost 40 points a game. And going up against this high-octane Aggie offense, that could spell doom in a hurry. It's going to be a high-scoring game there in Statesboro. I think it could be a little bit of a shootout. Um, I just trust New Mexico State a little more. I think they're going to – it's a big spot for them. They got to—they kind of have to win this game to get to the bowl, to the postseason and get to a bowl game for the first time in light years. So I like the Aggies there. So they're looking like they're a seven-and-a-half-point road favorite, total of 59-and-a-half. I think that's going to be an exciting game in Statesboro. It is, and you, you know, I'll be honest with you. You know, you look at as you as you alluded to the only the way this schedule looks the way out for Georgia Southern. I mean, UMass is not a gimme game by any means next week. They got to travel to uh, Amherst to take on the Minutemen. They got to go to Troy after that. They got Georgia State. That's going to be a toss up game. I mean, that's probably their best chance. Uh, Coastal Carolina, Georgia State, probably their two best chances to get wins in South Alabama. They only got three games. I would see them possibly walking out wins with. I'm going to be honest, I don't know that they win against UMass. UMass is a good team. I mean, they've they've played some very credible opponents. They've pushed Tennessee to the limit. I don't see Georgia Southern beating Appalachian State this year, albeit the two always play each other tough. But, I mean, you could easily be looking at a one- or two-win season here for the Eagles. I'm just now realizing I did this, but we really didn't talk much about that App State-Idaho game. Um, the Vandals – Lost to UL Lafayette last week. Really didn't play very well. That was their second home game where they entered as a favorite and got upset. Um, of course, they earlier in the season against UNLV and then this past week against the Cajuns. So Vandals are sitting there at two and three, and it's their bowl hopes are not looking good as they they're going to be heavy underdogs against Appalachian State, and then they travel to Missouri next week before hosting a ULM on the October twenty eighth. Well. Uh- I think, number one, Appalachian was woke up last week against New Mexico State. You've seen a different team in that fourth quarter. They were sleepwalking through three quarters of that game, as I mentioned. I think they were still having wear from that Wake Forest game, even though they had a bye week, because so many people all during the bye week was talking about how Appalachian gave one away. and it, it You know it's bad 
when Steele, two weeks later, when they were introduced, and I tweeted out about this, when they were introducing the starting uh, lineups and, the, and they got to the specialists and they got to Michael Rubino, he was booed out of his home stadium. Now, if that don't tell you something, that Appalachian was still holding on to that Wake Forest game, then I don't know what does. And I think the Aggies pushed Appalachian State to a point where they realized we have got to wake up, we have got to shrug this Wake Forest game off. And in the fourth quarter, they look like the Appalachian State team we've seen a year, the past two years. The offense was clicking. Things went right for Appalachian State. And so now I think they're going to travel up to Idaho. I think that they're going to win this. I believe they're going to win this game. Uh, the spread is 12 and a half. You can kind of toy around with that. I would probably late the way Idaho's played this year. Defense is suspect for the Vandals. They've gave up uh, 26, 27 points a game. Uh, if Jalen Moore, if Jalen Moore comes back out and starts playing like Jalen Moore, like he did against New Mexico State, I have a hard time how you could shy away from Appalachian State here. I really like App State in this spot. Idaho hasn't played well at all at home this season. Um, the opener against the Sacramento State, they just look very lethargic. They got blasted by UNLV and then, of course, upset this past weekend. I think you're seeing App State get into kind of a groove now. Uh, I think that Wake Forest game, I think that kind of ticked them off. And they be, just beat a good New Mexico State team. They needed a big performance by their rushing attack, which really struggled all year, and they finally got that. I think you'll start to see them get in a groove as they look to um, run the table in the Sun Belt. Yeah, you're exactly right. I think they're finally going to hit their groove. I think uh, they've been. What's crazy is they've been no reports let out about Shaden Metters and Darrington Evans about how long they're going to miss. Nobody knows. It's kind of a week to week mystery at this point. I mean, the longer we get here in this season, you look. You know, Appalachian State. This is their sixth game of the year, week seven overall. Still no Metters and still no Evans. I mean, there becomes a point where we have to honestly question if they're going to play at all. Yeah, it's getting to that point. It, you're already halfway through the season. Um, at some point, you got to consider redshirting them. But uh, let's move on here, Aikman. We'll go to another 5 o'clock game. Of course, Appalachian State at Idaho is going to be on ESPN3, as well as Georgia State traveling for the second week in a row, heading to Monroe to take the U- on the ULM Warhawks, who are currently in first place in the Sun Belt with a 3-0 and record. Which all you can really say to that is wow, not many people expected that, but Matt Viator has done a wonderful job with this program, and it looks like the Warhead, war, excuse me, not Warheads, the Warhawks have a future star and true sophomore quarterback Caleb Evans. Well, first off, we're not talking about candy by any any means. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty. I like that the Warheads, but yeah, you're right. I mean, hats off to Matt Viator. I mean, for what he's doing with the Warhawks. I mean, I didn't expect it. I mean, they played Memphis well that first game of the year. Uh, They battled with Southern Miss. They beat Louisiana Lafayette in that wild double overtime game. Uh, Them and Coastal Carolina traded shots all night in that game a couple of weeks ago, and they took took care of business against Texas State uh, this past weekend. And I tell you what, the Warhawks are looking good. I honestly think the Warhawks go to 4-0 in the conference here against Georgia State. The most impressive thing about this is two of the road wins have come come on the road. Uh, Of course, they had to survive a crazy Cajuns comeback. And then, of course, this past week they dominated a bad Texas State team. So now they return home. They need to play better than they did against Coastal Carolina. They gave up way too many big plays in the passing game against the Chanticleers. And, of course, Georgia State has Penny Hart, who might be the best receiver 
in the Sun Belt. So their pass defense is really, really going to get tested. And Georgia State's a team playing with a lot of confidence right now. They've won two consecutive road games, went to Charlotte and won, then had an off week, and then went to Coastal Carolina and won this past week. So ULM is really going to have to come to play, and I think Georgia State's going to challenge them. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, <laughs> August 31st was the last time Georgia State played a home game. I mean, they've they've had a, a week two bye week. They went to Penn State and played. They played Charlotte, had another uh, off week, then went to Coastal Carolina, now going to Louisiana Monroe. I'm beginning to think these guys don't want to play at home with the way this schedule has shaped up. I mean, this has been a crazy uh, stretch without playing a, a home game in Atlanta. but And this team is looking better. Things are starting to go better. As you mentioned, Penny Hart, one of the best, if not the best, receiver in the Sun Belt. Uh, Connor Manning has still got to work on his touchdown-to-interception ratio. Two touchdowns, four interceptions this year. Whereas uh, for uh, Louisiana Monroe, Caleb Evans, is he's got six touchdown passes uh this year and doing it semi-efficiently, 82 for 129, over a thousand yards passing so far this year. This is a game I see. You know, I think Georgia State has a chance in this game, but I'm honestly gonna lean the Warhawks. The way I see this game working is if the Monroe defense doesn't give up a lot of big plays, they're gonna win this game and may do so by more than the spread at seven. However, if that defense, like they're subject to, gives up a few big plays and lets Georgia State build their confidence, then they're going to be in for a dogfight. Yeah, the game comes down to the big plays. Like you said, both our ULM gives them up a lot, and it's scary with a quarterback caliber Connor Manning and a receiver like Penny Hart. They gotta, they gotta shore that up. Don't give up any big plays in the passing game. Georgia State's one of the worst rushing offenses in the country. So you, you have to think they're not going to hurt you there. And, of course, ULM on the other side, what they've been really doing well, they have balance, but what they've been finding is what the key to their offense is finding big plays in the passing game. This past week it was Marcus Green who uh, returned a kickoff for a touchdown and then believe I caught a long touchdown pass. R.J. Turner is also a, a big play receiver that they like to use on some vertical routes. So the key to their season has been getting big plays, and that's what Georgia State must stop. But when it comes down to it, I think ULM just has a little bit more offensive ammo because of the balance they have on offense. They can run it and pass it. And with Evans, he helps that running game out a lot because he's a really, really good runner. So I give ULM a slight advantage here. But I will say this. If Georgia State can pull off the upset, that really sets up for an intriguing matchup next week. They, Of course, they finally return to Atlanta and they could be sitting at 2-0 and in Sunbelt play and hosting a Troy team that's also undefeated in conference. And that could be a really, really nice atmosphere as they finally return back to Georgia State Stadium for the first time since August. You know, you're right, and it's crazy to think that because if we would have took a poll of people, or Sunbelt people, just say Sunbelt people for that matter, how many people thought we would be here at week seven in the in the season and be looking at a possible 2-0 and conference team in Georgia State, and we're looking at a 3-0 and possible 4-0 and Louisiana Monroe team. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, Sean Elliott and Viator have both done really, really good jobs at this point. Elliott more so just getting the team to bounce back. Now, they have beat two really bad teams, but road wins are big for a program like Georgia State, just getting any type of momentum um, to help build this program. It's a good sign for Elliott, and of course, Viator, he's done a really, really good job. The offense, 
you know, that's what everybody thought it was. That's why they hired him to come in and score points. Now their defense has still has warts and still has issues that they need to fix, but they've been exciting. And when you look at the ULM schedule, it's not out of the realm of possibility for them to get off to a really, really fast 6-0 and start in conference play. Of course, they've won two on the road already, and they, they, they get a home game this week. And then the week after this, they go to South Alabama and to Idaho. Those are toss-up games, really. So if they could win both of these next three, then they're sitting at six and a, six and zero in league play when Appalachian State comes to town on November fourth, and then their their final conference game is when Arkansas State comes to town. So they could enter November undefeated in conference play and have two home games that they could play for a league title. It's really kind of crazy to think about, and it's really a wonderful job Viator has put the has done with this program to put them in this type of situation. Absolutely. You know, hats off to him because I honestly thought Monroe would be one of those bottom three teams uh, in the conference this year, but I thought it would be, you know, I thought your bottom three teams going in would be Texas State, uh, Louisiana Monroe, and probably Coastal Carolina, you know, with them being new and stuff. I thought they would be right in there for your bottom three, but I'll be honest with you, it's turned into more Georgia Southern, South Alabama, and Texas State and Coastal Carolina being your bottom ones, and we got four teams really trying to fight out of the bottom. And I, you know, hats off to Louisiana Monroe. I mean, what what more can you say? Yes, they who they've beat in the conference. The Lafayette win was big, but then you know the Texas State Coastal Carolina game. You think, well, they really haven't beat two of the teams they've played have been less than stellar teams. But as you mentioned, wins are wins, and for a program like this who's trying to build up. You take any win you can get. Yes, you do, and they're just in a good spot right now, and it will just be interesting um, to monitor them moving forward. But this could be a catapulting win for either program as they both have big opportunities waiting in the back part of their schedule. But we'll move on to the final game, 7 o'clock Eastern kickoff. Coastal Carolina goes to Arkansas State. Coastal Carolina – of course, still looking for their first conference win as they started off 0-2, dropped another tough home game. This one to oh, – see, I'm blanking here. I'm sorry, to Georgia State. Aikman, what do you think is the biggest issue with the Chanticleers at this point in the season? Well, I'll tell you what. It, it's honestly, to me at this point, it has been a, uh, a numerous amount of things. I mean, quarterback instability has been one. Uh, Tyler Keene has struggled. He's uh, – Turn the ball over a lot. This team in general, the Chanticleers, have turned the ball over a lot. The defense is giving up 38 points a game. Uh, it, they're Osharmar Abercrombie has had struggles this year, much like Jalen Moore. Both, I think, have underperformed uh, in their roles as lead backs, uh, replacing uh, both schools were, are very similar in the fact in the running game, as both schools are replacing their all-time leading rushers and the two guys that were very highly touted going into the year, have struggled. Abercrombie has struggled uh, just like Moore this year. I mean, it's just a number of things. I mean, this it, it's mostly the defense, but the offense, you know, they're scored in some games, but it's turnovers. And this team's going for two a lot, uh, especially against Monroe. They didn't hardly kick an extra point. They were going for two constantly. Yeah, in the last two games, I think you could make the case that they outplay both ULM and Georgia State. But turnovers have really come back to bite them. That they're not finishing drives as well as they should be. I think Tyler King, if you take out the interceptions, he's really he's really played well these last two outings. 
it's really solidified that quarterback position. Of course, in the first part of the season, they were they just all they were doing was throwing interceptions. They couldn't find any answers. But as that passing game has come alive, the rushing game has really taken a nosedive. So they if they can get that balance back going, I think they can be all right. But you look at their next two games at their in Jonesboro this Saturday and then in Boone next weekend. That's a really tough stretch. And then they got to go to Arkansas on November fourth. So the schedule is really, really tough. As and they get a of course Troy comes to Conway, but the game the games to look out if you're a coastal supporter are really Texas State at home on October 28th, and then Georgia Southern at home in the finale. They can win those two and get to three and nine, two overall, two and six in the league. That's a decent first season. They're playing a lot of young freshmen, young guys in general, just on defense. Now, what's scary is. Keen, your two best offensive players, which appear to be Tyler Keen and Abercrombie at the moment, are both seniors. So that's a worry going forward. But Marcus Outlow appears to be a solid backup at running back. So you'll have some things to build on it as you move towards the future. Malcolm Williams and Omar Black have, are two receivers that have emerged here lately, and they're both juniors. So really, just it's the first year. you got to take your lunch, first time being in an FBS, and hopefully they can adjust and have a better season in 2018. Well, I'm hoping so because I want to see this Coastal Carolina team succeed. They had uh, so much success at the FCS level, really did a lot of good things, especially since Joe Moglia took over the program. But as everybody knows, is sitting out uh, this season with health health issues. But you're right, at Jonesboro this Saturday, they're in Boone next Saturday. Uh, the only games I see winnable is, as you mentioned, uh, Texas State, Georgia Southern, Idaho could be a possibility. Idaho, as we know, is been known to play down to their competition this year so who knows that game could easily be a toss-up but you know it, it this is that stretch you know we talked about a couple of weeks ago that Coastal Carolina's best chances to get wins were in that stretch between UAB, Western Illinois, Louisiana Monroe, and Georgia State. Those four games was the stretch where if Coastal wanted to build their confidence that was their stretch to do it and they epically failed against Western Illinois. They were blew out. They came up short against Monroe and Georgia State, and now I'm afraid they're going to have to really suffer through this next stretch of their schedule. I agree, and I think we both are in the same boat that Arkansas State's probably going to win big on Saturday, but I expect a shootout. Arkansas State enters this one at 2-2, two and two, but the defense has surprisingly struggled to start the season. Uh, Javon Rowland-Jones – uh, made some plays against Georgia Southern, which was good to see if you're a Red Wolf supporter. And they're forcing turnovers, but they're just not as efficient as everybody thought they would be. Um, what has been your thoughts on the Red Wolves uh, so far this season? Well, it's been kind of in the middle. I can't say that I'm very impressed, but I think I can't say that I'm under-impressed either. It's somewhere... This is that team, I think, there's still a big question mark on this team. I really do. Because they went into Nebraska and really gave the Cornhuskers all they could handle. Uh, sadly, the Miami game was canceled. We'll never know what they could have done there in that game. They blew out Pine Bluff as expected. Uh, they were not able to hang with SMU, especially in the second half of that game. And they did what they were supposed to do to Georgia Southern, albeit it took you know pretty much the the second half to do that because the first half the game was neck and neck. Then Arkansas State pulled away in the second half. But I'll be honest with you, I've still got a big question mark on this team because I don't know exactly what to expect out of this team. I'm still on the bubble with this team. 
I agree with you. But the offense for me has been really, really impressive. I, I like what I've seen from Justice Hansen until this last game. He threw a ton of interceptions, but he was kind of coming back from an injury. So that's something to keep an eye out. But they established a rushing attack with Warm One this year. He's averaging six yards per carry. Um, nearly 50% of his runs are going for at least five yards. And then receiving-wise, I think they have the best receiving group in the Sun Belt. Blake Mack's the best tight end. And then you look at guys like Chris Murray, Kendrick Edwards, and Omar Bayless. Um, those guys are really, really talented. And they're going to be tough covers for any team in the Sun Belt. So the offense has done some really, really nice things. But the defense is kind of struggling right now. And, of course, they're going to win this week uh, probably fairly easily. Then they host um, UL Lafayette next week on a short week. Um, so that could be a little bit of a challenge uh, if the Cajuns' defense continues to improve. And, of course, they have the offensive weapons to keep up with the Red Wolves. But then the next week they go to New Mexico State. So Arkansas State's a team that I can see maybe being susceptible to some upsets because of their defense. And that's going to be something to keep an eye on, how the defense improves here in conference play because they're going to need it uh, for them to get into contention and to have a chance to win a conference title. That defense is going to have to shore up. Well, you're exactly right. And one of the things I noticed, too, uh, with this game, the spread is 19 points. Arkansas State is 3-1 and one this year against the spread. Coastal Carolina 1-4. So, really, you look at 19 at home. I think I think you could easily take the Red Wolves as the home 19-point favorite in this game because, I, I mean, I could easily see them winning this game by three touchdowns. I agree with you. I think it's going to be a shootout. I just think Arkansas State has a little bit more – um, to deal with, and I think it's going to be a tough. That's going to be a tough place to play for Coastal going on the road, especially after two, two, or excuse me, two really tough, tough losses. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how, if Chadwell can get his team ready to play. But that does it for the, the week of action. Of course, we got the game Wednesday: South Alabama, Troy, Texas State, UL Lafayette Thursday, and then the four games on Saturday. Aikman, what are you looking um, for the for forward to this weekend and what do you see what do you want to see the Sun Belt accomplish well I'll tell you what I want to see them I want to see them capture prime time I want to see I would love to see two really good games especially the one on Wednesday night because it's available to a little bit more people as far as getting ESPN2 I would love to see them you know kind of zone in and make people know that hey during the week they can catch Fun Belt football and get some interesting action. I would love to see South Alabama keep this game close with Troy and a lot of people tune in. I would really like for them to own uh, prime time as far as on Wednesday and Thursday with two really fun, enjoyable watching games. Then when it comes to Saturday, you know, I, I think you're going to start to really see the parity step up this week. You're going to have some teams drop. With even more losses in the Sun Belt, you're going to see some teams gain. I really think after this week, the league is going to split to your, you know, you're going to have your contenders and your pretenders are really going to show through this week. Yeah, that's for sure. We're seeing that more and more each week, who's actually in contention and who's not. For me, I want to see New Mexico State win. Just get a win this week, get to three and four and get to your bye week. They can't lose it. If they're going to make a bowl game, they, this is a game they have to win. they got to beat Georgia Southern. And then I'm just interested to see the Georgia State-ULM game. I think whoever comes out of that is going to have a real, real nice opportunity, whether it's ULM going after the 6-0 and conference start or it's Georgia State being 2-0 and in conference, having a three-game winning streak as they go in to Atlanta back in their home stadium to host Troy next weekend. 
And then, of course, I want to see that Arkansas State defense. Can they make the improvements necessary? If they don't, they're, they're gonna, somebody's going to pick them off and upset them. But I think that'll just about do it for us here, Eight Men. Where can uh, people find you at on Twitter? As always, you can find me on Twitter at Radio Guy. AC, as always, I'm right there. Uh, we'll have previews coming out this week. Coastal Carolina, Arkansas State, uh, Appalachian State, Idaho have those uh, previews coming out uh, this week as well. So stay tuned for that. But at Radio Guy, AC, my handle on Twitter. And, of course, you can find me, Adam Luckett, BOS, and you can find us, Underdog Dynasty. And for me this week on the site, we're going to have you know your typical previews. I'll be making the selections that will come out Wednesday afternoon where I pick every game in the Sun Belt against the spread, against the number, and straight up. And also, look out for Wednesday morning. I should have a piece pretty much just giving you a background on this South Alabama-Troy rivalry and tell you why it's one of the more exciting rivalries in the group of five. And, of course, if you could drop us a review, that'd be greatly appreciated. Aikman, thanks for doing this, my man. We'll have to do it again. Absolutely, as always. I'm always down to have a podcast, talk a little fun belt football, and uh, be watching the Mountaineers this weekend take on the Vandals, the Chanticleers taking on the Red Wolves. We got a really good week of Sun Belt football this week. Yes, it's nice to have nothing but conference games for the first time this season. Looking forward to having that more as the season moves on, and it's going to be a great, great Saturday in the fun belt.